0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Situation Room. I am Jordan Coe, I'm here with my co-host Gabe Ferguson. You guys can find us on Twitter, um, I'm at RavenSitRoom, uh, he's at Gabe Fergie, and uh, at least, what, four and three, and I guess first place in the division by virtue of tiebreakers, so can't be terribly upset with the kind of final results that they got this week in a divisional game, Okay. Uh, Gabe?
1: A win is a win, a divisional game is even more than a win, so that, that's really important. You know, trying to b- bury the Browns now um, is probably a good thing. And they're, they're going to play Cincinnati next week. So that's going to be a really big divisional game as well. We'll see what happens from that. But, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, coming away with an ugly win is, is is good. We've seen a lot of losses where the Ravens have played a lot better, I think. So you'll take the win over that. But it's it's not a super encouraging game moving forward, especially we're seeing a lot of the things that we've had problems with in the past and it, and it seems like the Ravens are are backpedaling instead of moving forward
0: yeah you know I, I the thing that jumps out to me the most about this team right now is that they're just they it's very challenging to watch the Ravens through the first three games of the year it was fun they were slinging the ball around Lamar was kind of doing his thing um you know it seemed like the Ravens were committed to you know the deep passing game and trying to work that into what they were doing they didn't have you know Part of that, I think, was working their way through the running backs and getting them up to speed and and doing all of that, and then. But the defense during that time just couldn't hold up. We continue to see moments where the defense just vanishes completely. I mean, the the first drive of the entire game, and and then the first drive that like bled, or the first drive Cleveland had, kind of in full possession of the fourth quarter, were just really hard to watch. Where it seemed like, I I mean. I don't even know what they were trying to do. It, it didn't seem like they were, there was any kind of intentionality of like what they were trying, of how they were trying to attack or force Cleveland to do something. Um, and so, if you can't generate a pass rush in those situations, you're going to look ugly. Um, and then the Ravens ran the ball. I, I mean, there were a handful of kneel downs and a couple of the runs at the end of the game weren't meaningful runs. So let's call it 40 running plays. I mean, versus 16 passes in this game. I mean. It's just not very entertaining football to watch in the big picture.
1: Yeah, it's not fun. Um, I I don't know what happened to the the Ravens team that was exciting, and, um, you know, there was explosive plays, and, and Lamar was kind of, you know, doing his thing, and just, there seems to be, like, no joy on the offensive side of the ball, or on, on the team in general. They just seem like, they I feel like they're playing tight. You know, I feel like they're being reactionary as opposed to kind of, you know, dictating on, on both sides of the ball. And, and I think that's a shame because there is enough talent, in my opinion, where they can kind of dictate the way this, the game can be played. And, and to a certain extent on both sides of the ball, they have guys up front. They, you know, the defense for you know has bad as it looked on, on those two drives. On the other drives, they, I thought they played really well. They, they got pressure on a lot of them. We saw some interesting sacks um, or, or blitzes, I should say, that McDonald caught up. Um, but then on the other drives, it was like a Jekyll and Hyde kind of thing. Like, they looked completely, um, like, distorted. They, they weren't, like, paying – they weren't tackling at all. They were just bouncing off of oh, guys. They were get, letting themselves be blocked. And I, I like to use that term because they just weren't trying to, to shed blocks. They weren't trying to, you know, push their guy, like, backwards. They were just kind of like, okay, you're blocking me, and I'm not going to do anything about it. And I saw this in those two touchdown drives, like, repeatedly. And, and it just seems like there's no, like – consistency on on either side of the ball and play calling in the play. And it seems like there's this overall kind of mentality of, of mediocrity. And then they're settling for just kind of like, we'll let you have this drive but we'll get you next time. Or, you know, you know, this, that was a, that was a nice play and, and we'll come and we'll try and be better, but sometimes they're not better. And then if they need to get lucky at the end of the game to win. So they need to figure some things out, both sides of the ball. It's, It's frustrating right now, but, um, in the end you know we just have to hope that they they are able to make changes um because as it stands right now they're a team that looks listless
0: yeah and in the bigger picture and this is you know this is one of the look there are two sides in every football game right and so other teams are you know doing things too and making adjustments too but one of the best parts about the game of football is that you can in some ways dictate to other teams what they have to do so if you are loading the box from an offense perspective and you're keeping everybody tight and you've got nine guys in and around the line of scrimmage then other teams are going to crowd the box and they're going to respond accordingly you have in that case dictated to them what they have to do on defense if you put eight guys in the box you are challenging the other team to try and run against those heavy fronts or you're forcing them to pass into certain places you uh, you can be you can add extra kind of zone coverage or you can add extra protections to certain players in certain times. And so, you know, even, even on the Gus Edwards touchdown, the first Gus Edwards touchdown, I thought part of the reason why that touchdown was successful was because both the linebacker and the safety were from my perspective, keyed on Mark Andrews and they were, they were waiting for it to be a play action for him to release and they were going to double him. And so they didn't. And so in that case, You have dictated to the other team that we're going to decoy mark andrews who we saw at the end of last week's game you know the giants were double covering him consistently and the ravens didn't have anywhere to go that's what they and the ravens were able to take advantage of it so it's very bizarre to me that it feels like as though the ravens are not on either side of the ball it doesn't feel like they're trying to dictate anything they're not trying to they're they're just going to load up the you know they're going to load everybody into the in in between the hashes and they're going to try and run the ball down your throats because they think we can you know they can do it and they don't care what defense you're in and they're going to do it no matter what um and that's great when you have a massive talent imbalance and you're executing tightly and perfectly around all those parts and pieces um but it really begs the question as to whether or not you think that the Ravens can get there, especially on offense from an execution standpoint um, to be able to do that overall effectively, or whether they have to change their approach in terms of what they're doing and how they're trying to approach the ball on offense. I think, I mean, I think that's where it all starts. And I know that you were, you were looking into first downs and kind of what the Ravens have been doing on a first down perspective going into this game. Uh, You know, what did you say?
1: Yeah. So, I saw, as I was watching the game, I felt like the Ravens were running a lot on on first down, and I felt like it felt very predictable. Um, It felt like a lot of what we'd seen, you know, kind of last year, and to certain extent in 2020, Um, and I went back and charted it, and yeah, so there was, well, from what I count, like 22 actual plays that mattered, um, first down plays, and they ran the balls or called a run on uh, 16 of them and dropped back on six. Um, so that's a pretty severe imbalance tilted towards running the ball. And it makes me wonder, you know, first of all, why is that the case? Do you, you really feel like, is it something to do with, you know, maybe them feeling they were too pass heavy earlier on in the season and that let, you know, them get the game get away from them, let other teams get back into the game, not controlling the tempo, not controlling time of possession, things like that. Um, and there may be a little bit of truth to that, but this is an extreme kind of hard turn away from that and not just um from the kind of the balance that i think the offense was striking earlier on where they were uh, much more balanced on first down and overall in pass and run um but also just it feels like they don't have faith in their ability to win when they pass the ball i think that to me is, is the more concerning thing because they have been at their best offensively when there is a lot more balance when lamar jackson is allowed to kind of you know Sling the ball, so to speak, around the field. He has weapons that can be, that can get open. We've seen, you know, Mark Andrews have monster games. We've seen Rashad Bateman have big games. We've seen Devin Duvernay be very involved. Um, you know, Isaiah likely. I think he caught one pass in this game. Like those are guys that you can count on in the passing game to get open and to make plays for you. But it seems like there's just no effort to get them involved, and they're just saying we're going to run the ball and kind of keep it as conservative as possible and i don't know if it's just a, a game plan or game design for this specific matchup but if that's going to be the way they they play the rest of the season they're going to be eking out wins and losing at the same time like balance of games like they're not going to be able to win consistently that way especially against some of the better teams in the, in the league because you're not going to be able to win with four yards per play like they did today on offense That that's not um good football and it's not going to win you games consistently so you might win a game here, to here or there, like by kind of getting lucky at the end. You know, close one-score games. But that's not the way that they're going to be. You know, a Super Bowl contender, or even probably a division winner, if that's how they're going to play.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's so tough. You know, it's it's tough to evaluate. You know, in one sense, because the offensive line was definitely not holding up in the pocket for Lamar. But there were definitely moments, and I've been, I've been supportive of the Ravens' decision at wide receiver and pass catcher and how they've approached it from a personnel standpoint, but there were definitely a couple moments where Lamar had enough time back there where he kind of got into his drop, you know, five, seven steps, whatever it was, he kind of got to that point in the sequence where that's where you need to get rid of the ball, and it was obvious that there was nobody open. Um, and and then by the time he needed to kind of get, work his way back through the progressions, the pressure, the secondary pressure was getting there. And he wasn't able to kind of do his Lamar magic and kind of pull his way out of any of those situations where you were seeing anything happen. But, you know, so on one hand, offensive line could have played better. Maybe that allows you to pass more. Maybe they were afraid to throw because of that. But like, there is more than one way to skin that cat, right? Like a quick passing game was non-existent for this team at all. We saw Rashad Bateman catch the ball on the one yard line just before the touchdown, um, you know, on a quick inside slant where it's the first read that Lamar was making. And he was like looking to see if he was open right there. And if he was, he was going to throw him the ball. It seems like the Ravens, even when they're throwing the ball, have none of those kind of sequences. Right. And I get it on some of these play action passes that that's not going to be what the iteration is going to look like or how the play is going to look like. But. They've got to find a way to work in some of these short passing game or short passing concepts that can slow down the pass rush. It can can let you do a bunch of different things. Um, It seems like the Ravens were either running the ball or it was a play action and a shot play or it was a screen. And there just just wasn't a whole lot else that they were trying to do this game.
1: Yeah, and maybe this was just because the Browns are... A team that you feel like you can run on you know coming into this game they're they're letting up like five yards per per carry um on the ground so that's, that's something that you're trying to take advantage of to a certain extent but you know you can't just look at that and say we can do it the same way if we're going to put eight eight guys or allow eight guys in the box on on them because then you make it much harder to run and even if you get a couple of like big runs out of it um, the the Ravens really didn't have any explosive runs today. Maybe like one or two that was like more than like ten or fifteen yards. Um, but you you have to be really consistent on every single time you run the ball. If if you're if you're going to be able to to maintain drives and and this game, I feel like they kind of were able to do that a little bit, um, but they still got bogged down at, at certain times. And and the 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 sad irony is the drives that really kind of got derailed was when. When the Ravens did go back and, and pass the ball on first down, so you know that only reinforces the the notion that they they can't do that. But it, you know, it's, there's reasons that we can go into why that happened. You know, and it's 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 not necessarily the call, but it's it's just I feel like they don't want to pass the ball, and, and that's what I'm I'm worried about because it doesn't look like Lamar Jackson's very happy. You know, when when he's not passing the ball, when when he's being asked just to hand the ball off over and over again, or maybe keep it and, and run every once in a while. Um, I feel like they're trying to win with their hands held behind their back. Like, they're not using the team to do the things that it can do. And I don't understand why that's the case. Um, it's it's happened before with this team. I, I hope to think they've gotten past that. You know, this is your fifth year with Lamar Jackson. I feel like you, you know what he's capable of at this point. And they're just kind of, like, keeping the handcuffs on him. And, and it's just... It's disappointing, and I don't know. I'm I'm kind of at a loss for words with this because it seems like the same broken record that we've we've seen before. And you would think that it would it would be better at this point, and it's just not. And I, like I said, they're they're not going to be able to consistently win it. this is the style of football that they're going to play on offense. Um, you just have to be more more balanced i think that's the key is is more balanced because it's okay to run the ball every once in a while and you have a good running game you have a good offensive line that can run you can run the ball behind but you need to also keep the defense honest and you have to whether it's play action passing or just you know straight drop back on the first down um, get some easy passes we've seen that earlier on in the season like an easy swing pass to a running back or to a tight end pick up six seven yards on first down and just get the get the Keep them guessing as to what's going to happen, and instead of having you know Patrick Ricard in there blocking on every single play on every single first down, you know take them off the field. Maybe have two tight ends instead, or or have three wide receivers. Like you can do a lot of things with the players that they have. It doesn't necessarily have to be you know out of a jumbo package or out of twenty one personnel. Just just be more versatile with your with your personnel, and I think everything stems from that.
0: Well, and you know. I, I mentioned this during the game um, and tweeted about how it seemed as though Cleveland was not following Lamar on any like the the read option plays. They were they and they didn't even look like real read option plays. Like there was there was you know the potential for Lamar to keep the ball, but it, it didn't seem in earnest. And it seemed like the Ravens were committed to not having Lamar run the ball for whatever the reason that's going to be. To me, that's the difference between this team right now and the team that we watched three years ago in 2019 that was so dominant. Right. Like like there is that they're not using Lamar to to add that extra layer of conflict. And it's like if you're going to lean in and run the ball 44 times in a game, like like the full force read option needs to be in there. And like Lamar has to be given full carte blanche to be able to do that. Or you need to, or you need to spread it out and you need to let him throw the ball and you need to change what that's going to be. Because now you have basically taken your strongest asset, both as a pass thrower um, and as a runner. And you have basically taken the ball out of his hands completely. And you've asked a guy that is playing his first game coming back from an ACL injury, a guy who has had one good game for the Ravens so far this year. And another guy that's coming back off an injury um, you know, and not playing the last two weeks to carry the load of the team. That doesn't make any sense to me at all whatsoever. When Lamar was keeping the ball, he was slicing and dicing Cleveland apart. They, they were they were clearly not ready, or maybe not ready. Not they didn't think that he was going to keep the ball. They didn't think he was going to run. I don't know if that's a tendency that people are seeing on film. But if the Ravens want to become this kind of like running juggernaut, that kind of thing again, I think they've really they've got to cut Lamar loose and they've got, to, they've got to let him run the ball and they've got to take the chances that he's going to get hit or potentially hurt in that process because otherwise it's going to look a lot like it did today. Um, and, and those the situations where Lamar's most likely to get hurt are on those play-action passes where you run two guys deep on routes, both end up getting covered, nobody is there, The pressure breaks through in terms of the pocket and then Lamar's running around like crazy. um, And some guy's coming out and flying at him and that's what he gets hurt. I mean, that's what happened in the Buffalo playoff game. Like we've seen it happen before. Like these design runs are your best bet to keep Lamar healthy, but they're also your best bet to keep these other teams off balance. If you're, if you're not going to use the passing game, I don't know. I I feel like they've got to lean back into it and let Lamar just start running the ball again.
1: I mean, that's one way of doing it. I, I think I mean he did t- he did run the ball ten times. I think some of those are kneel downs in this game. I don't know how many real runs he had. He had a, one or two scrambles, but he didn't have very many design runs. He had there's a couple of quarterback kinda like powers. Um so they haven't completely abandoned, you know, Lamar in the running game, but he needs to be more involved and they need to also just use better I mean, I keep hopping on personnel, but it's also formation. Like you can have um a more heavy personnel but also spread it out whether it's 12 personnel or, or 22 personnel and just it just makes the defense you know kind of covered more of the field and then you have more openings when you have speed on the field with, with lamar jackson whether using devon duvernay potentially on like a jet motion we saw that in this game um and it led to a lamar jackson like 10 yard you know you know read option up the up the gut and they. Like, big and that was on like a spread look where, where they had you know andrew spread out wide you had two receivers spread out wide and you only had one guy blocking on the last scrimmage that was ricard um i don't see why they don't do that more often it's just it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me why they feel like they have to have these condensed heavy formations in the middle with like two tight ends and then a fullback and you bring eight guys into the box and Maybe it's because they want to like pop off a big run out of that, but chances are you're going to get stuff more likely than you're getting a big run. So, it just seems like you can get more consistent, consistent run plays when you when you run out of more spread formations because, you know, teams have have been honoring those formations at least for the most part. They they've allowed you to to pick pick apart some of these six man boxes, and when they have had those, that's when the Ravens have had their best running luck um they did it against the Giants did it a little bit against the Patriots did it against the Bengals um I don't know why they've gone away from that this game was just kind of I feel like it set the Ravens back like a decade from just <laughs> everything that we've seen like them progressing and, and doing better at it. It just like they just completely turned turned around the other way and it's just it's just fr- I don't know I've, I've said frustrating so many times but it's what it is like you're, you're going backwards and that's not what we need to see
0: Well, let's talk about in the the first quarter when the Ravens had a shot. They were in the red zone. It was third and three. Um, They ran, you know, uh, basically tried to run Andrews on kind of like a, I guess it was like an out or maybe a corner route. um, Trying to get him isolated one-on-one for a throw to to Lamar. And when you say kind of going back decades, like frustrations of, of the Ravens, like this play encapsulated that for me. In its purest form because they had two receivers underneath so bateman and duvernay were both under what andrews was doing and basically both of them run curl routes to the middle and then they flow back to the play with lamar and i think for people that and and i've been less critical of greg roman this year than i have been in, in past years that patience i think for a lot of people is running out really quickly and i think a lot of people are trying to be a little bit more tolerant but what is the point of running two guys underneath in a curl in curl routes there, right? Like other than the fact that you think that you're gonna get potentially zone, right? So you want the guys lined up in curls, so they're not gonna be in zone. Run one guy in a curl, run the other guy underneath it, run the one, do something with these other routes, right? Like basically, if the line doesn't hold up and Mark Andrews doesn't get open, Mark Jackson has no options in terms of what he's going to be able to do there, right? Um, and so they were they, they were lined up. It looked like man. It was man. The curl routes aren't going to be effective. There has to be some kind of like check or some way for the receivers to read out of that. And so, and, and maybe the receivers aren't running the right routes, right? Like maybe there's enough route freedom in this play call where they're supposed to check out of the, like both of them are supposed to check out of the curls and do something different if they're reading man. And they didn't do that. But if that's the result that you're getting from a coaching perspective, you need to stop giving those receivers that much freedom. And you need to define the route play calls and you need to make them run to certain spots. You know, let Lamar make those reads. And then once he's made his reads, then go into your own thing and go be Lamar and be super successful in that process. But to me, that was like the perfect capitalization of where it's like, okay, we want this. We want to get this one thing. We want to do this one thing. And if it's not there, then, you know, then it's like Lamar scramble time and let's just hope it all works out. and it's incredibly frustrating to watch when those things, I mean, when they, when they do work all the credit to the play caller, all the credit to the play design, right. But they're not always going to work because there's another team on the other side of the ball.
1: Yeah. And sometimes, you know, the right, the right play call on the defense is going to be there for what you're calling. And you just, at least have it completely covered up and, you know, that's going to happen. But you also have to you know, try to make it more difficult and you have to try and understand obviously what a defense is doing to you and design plays that are going to to beat that like uh like you said two curl routes underneath are not going to defeat man coverage and if the browns have been playing a lot of man coverage especially on third down then you should be something you should have having some sort of like pick route or like a rub route something that can get you know one of those guys open quickly and then you have you know andrews on the crosser behind it if, if, and if he can come open then you know you have him for the touchdown but you have to have more than one option and you know that's fine I guess if, if you're going to try to just try and force the ball to Andrews there like if that's your one thing then okay but ideally you'd like to have more reads than that in in that play because you're third and three like you have a chance to easily get a first down It's a pretty critical place you're, you're driving down the field to, to have a, a touchdown to tie the game at that point and they just fail to execute in in that spot and you know it's I think play calling has been, you know, questionable at, at a lot of times during the season. I kind of tend to agree with you. That I think Greg Roman has been better this year than in, in a lot of the years. And that's why I said I feel like we're going backwards, because at one point I was really happy with, with the play calling. Student. I thought there were some interesting play designs. I thought there was some, you know, much more um, kind of improved sequencing of plays, you know, more unpredictable play calling, so to speak. And even today we saw some interesting things with like the Andrews on our center pitch to Lamar on a, on a key fourth down like that was a really fun play and like that's good to see and like i think that's that's creative it's smart it's it's something that you know is going to be important in a high leverage situation i'm glad they broke that play out there but like the overall planning for this game i think you just need to like throw it in the trash can and light it on fire and even though you came away with a win that doesn't hopefully encourage them to go back to this because if you're going to have four you know yards per play only 16, you know, passing attempts, you know, just ugly, ugly football where you're trying to grind it out and, and, you know, depend on your defense to get off the field at the end of the game. That's not the way that we want to win. We want to be up, you know, multiple scores, you know, be pushing the ball down the field. And it doesn't necessarily have to be shot played all the time, but you need to at least, like, threaten that. I think the Ravens have – it was one deep play the entire game to Duvernay. That was the only time they threw the ball over the top, I think, the entire game. Um they just weren't even trying, and it, and especially with the, the number of like loaded boxes they were seeing when they had like all those guys in, in there, like you should have at least taken a few more shots. Um, so I, I don't know. It's it's it just seemed like a, a a design that was trying not to to lose as opposed to like trying to like you know step on with the other team and like really force it down their throat. And
0: you know, I don't know. I, I just find it to be. And maybe everybody was just more banged up, you know, maybe that was part of it in this game that Andrews and Bateman weren't fully healthy, like they didn't want to be giving them kind of like a full rigor load, even though I think Andrews played like, you know, 50 of 65 snaps or something, some some high number, so it's not like, you know, it's not like they were reducing his total snap count in terms of like this game overall, so like like maybe that's part of it, but... It just doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like situationally on either side of the ball that either one of these coordinators seems to have a good sense right now of like what what they're trying to do um to be able to like what they're trying to do like i i don't i don't even know what the ravens are trying to do because you know we saw this from cleveland in this game right so they run the ball in the first quarter they run they run they run they run they run and chubb was like Trump, Chubb was churning. They were they were forcing it. The very first play of the next drive, like they take a crack, they get Geno Stone to bite on the play action, and they hit a play over the top to Amari Cooper. That's intentional football, right? And that's where you're setting up that play action shot. You're looking for different different keys. You're looking for certain things specifically um in what you're trying to do. And it just didn't it didn't feel like that was happening, right? And you know, on the defensive drives that were, you know, like a hot knife through butter, it feels the same way where it's like where are the tendencies, right? Like, like the Browns obviously were, were keyed in on something in particular. Like, like where are the Ravens on having some understanding that, you know, when they're in 11 or 12 personnel, like, that they're still looking to run the ball um, and we can't kind of lighten the box and we need to, you know, force... That's the other thing. We need to force Jacoby Brissett to beat us. Like, I, and he had a couple really good throws in this game, right? And he's not a terrible quarterback overall. But I would gladly force jacoby Brissett to make 10 of those throws a game then let nick chubb you know churn off you know what was it like 90 yards on 16 carries in this
1: game yeah and i, I think the browns to a certain extent were doing what i would want any team to do um, in terms of dictating personnel because they were using a lot of 12 personnel um you know two tight ends and they were being versatile with it they were saying okay if you're gonna give us heavy personnel we're going to kind of spread it out and, and pass against you and, and the, because they know the Ravens are, have been like zone heavy they were, they were finding pretty easy like, routes over the middle to just kind of settle down into the zone and, and, that's, and that's a big way that the Browns were moving the ball in, in that first drive um, it was just kind of like playing on, on the Ravens' tendencies on, on early downs and knowing that there's going to be those soft zones to attack and then if, if the Ravens countered with you know, lighter personnel then they said okay we're going to bring it down and we're going to run and they were able to do that too um, and that, that's kind of what you want to do I think it's more difficult for the Ravens because they're so dependent on the fullback position and he's not as versatile in the passing game. And I know there's a lot of stats that will, sh- that will show the Ravens have been successful, um, been more successful with, with Ricard on the field. And I think, you know, there is some truth to that, but that doesn't mean that it's going to always be that way. And I think the same thing was actually seen last year. You know, they had a lot of early success when they had a fullback on the field. And, and I'm talking about Ricard and, of course, um, because they were able to take some big downfield attempts, um, hitting some shot plays over the top because, you know, play action was working for them. And if that's working, then that's great. But if it's not, and you have Ricardo on play on every single, you know, third and medium or or third and long, and he's basically a a non-factor in the passing game. You know, they added a screen to him in this game, which worked pretty well. But, like, aside from that, he's not going to do anything for you in terms of running a route. So... What are you getting from it? You're getting pass protection, potentially. Okay, so that's that's a good thing, and that can help you out. But you have to get your guys open. So you have to be better at designing your other routes to be open downfield. And the defense has to, you know, be kind of at least sucked into something. And, and the timing has to be right, and the protection has to be right. Um, and when that happens there, yeah, you can get a big play. But if it doesn't happen, then you're kind of stuck in, in what we saw today, which was really a pretty ugly offense when, when they dropped back to pass because there, there just weren't downfield – threats that were available to them. Lamar, for whatever reason, doesn't like to hit the check down, even though it's available sometimes. And that led to just pretty poor passing. It just looks like the whole passing offense is entirely out of sync. Um, and it's been pretty bad for, honestly, like two to three weeks now. It just it just hasn't looked good. Um, they haven't, and, you know, maybe Bateman being out is part of that, but they haven't been able to put together, you know, what I would consider good NFL offense when they pass the ball, when they drop back. It has to be some type of kind of trick play, whether it's, you know, jet options to do René or or some screens to record or, or whatever it is. They're just not being able to do the normal passing game, and I don't understand why that's the case. They have the players to do it, especially now that Payton's healthy. They need to get back to that or else they're just going to be stuck in this ugly football.
0: All of that negativity and (laughs) frustration as a revolver on the offense is certainly well taken. But I will pivot for a moment to say that Gus Edwards looked really good and is the exact kind of running back that this Ravens offense is missing. I, I think that if Gus Edwards, playing even at the level he played with in today's game, was here for both the Miami game, um and the Buffalo game, I think there's a decent chance that the Ravens would have won both those games. He is very clearly still very good in short yardage situations. He is always falling forward. He is always going to make guys work to get him down on the ground. And so if they can find a way to work him back into what they're trying to do, get him comfortable again at the mesh point, work work some of those read options at a second level back in there, I think there's going to be an opportunity for him to to really have a nice rest of the year and also to be really good for the Ravens offense, especially in those short yardage situations.
1: Yeah. I mean, because I being back is huge. And especially with, with Dobbins, you know, particularly going down again, with what looks like he has, has to have a cleanup procedure and arthroscopic scope of his knee. Um, it's really, I feel really bad for Dobbins, obviously, you know, he, he worked so hard to get back on the field. Um, he was looking like he was kind of ramping up a little bit and, you know, getting back to look, looking like J.K. Dobbins. And then it kind of all went awry with him. And in last week's game, looked like he kind of, I don't know if he had took a cut, it went the wrong way or something. But he had a knee that he looked hobbled on and it wasn't back in the game. And obviously now he's on the IR. So having, having you know, Edwards back is key, especially, like you said, that ability to convert on short yardage. That's something that the Ravens never really had with Mike Davis. Um I think Justice Hill still provides you a nice counter to that in terms of like what he can do. We saw some of the bursts in this game. Obviously the fumble is not ideal, but that was a nice run that he had before he fumbled the ball. Um, So like he, he is something, he is somebody that I think the Ravens continue or are going to continue to need to have involved in the offense. Obviously last week we had a really nice game from Kenyon Drake and this game he looked terrible. Um, So I don't know if that's kind of just like a, depending on what you're getting from the blocking for him, like, it seems like when he sees it well, you know he's an explosive player, but he's not really going to pick up the yards after contact that an Edwards or and even a Hill will be able to do. Like if if he has a lane, he's going to take it. But and he seems like he had pretty good vision, but I don't think that he's someone who's going to you know defeat tackles. And and that's something that sometimes you know this Ravens running scheme requires. So going forward, it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out. I, I I'm glad we have him back, but my concern with Edwards was that we get into the exact situation that we are now where the Ravens just go completely into this, like run on first down, get three yards and, and get three yards on second down and then have a third manageable and hope that it works. Because if you're doing that on 75% of your, of your first downs, then you're, you're really depending on perfect execution to, to keep it going. And you don't have the ability to kind of pick up chunk plays very much. And, it's it's going to be tricky so i want to see edwards involved but i I don't want them to be too reliant on him so that that's where i am with him
0: yeah i I mean i think i think that i totally agree with kind of the broader perspective there it's just it's nice to see that it looks like he's healthy and that there ideally won't be any setbacks in this process you know he he looked much more tuned up than what we saw from um, JK Dobbins at like a kind of like a similar juncture, um, in terms of when he came back. And so that's been, that's been a nice relief for this team, <laughs> um, yeah. to, to kind of see that. And, yeah. They need you to know, him
1: today for sure.
0: Yeah. And, and we saw that on the other side of the ball too, you know, um, We saw Justin Houston come back, he looked really good, a couple, you know, a couple back-to-back sacks, you know, in this game that were really huge moments of the game. Obviously the one missed sack, right, at a pretty critical, pretty critical moment late in the game, but still generating that pressure, still getting home. Um, You know, it'll be nice when Bowser comes back, that's a nice group of rotational outside guys. Um, and it'll be interesting to see because we've got some injuries. It looks like Bynes went down. So what are they? What are the Ravens going to do on the interior um, of the defense? And you know, can Bowser and his ability to kind of defend the pass from a dropback perspective be part of what they end up needing to use there?
1: Yeah, I think I think Bowser getting back would actually be a key to this this defense moving forward. And he's to me one of the more underrated players of the defense over the past you know several years because of what he can do both as a pass rusher where he's he's good. He's not like an elite pass rusher, but he, he can give you a solid rush off the edge. But he can also, you know, be a solid coverage player like you mentioned. And he and I would say even more than solid. Like he when he was like at his best, he was the Ravens best non defensive back coverage player. And he's someone that if if you can kind of take some of those things that they've asked, you know, Malik Harrison do and, and, and adopt Owe to do in his absence and allow those guys to be more of where they naturally play, then you have, you know, a lot more options in terms of what you can do up front. Um, so I think, you know, getting Bowser back will be huge. Um, in theory, David Ojabo will be coming back in that same time window, and we might see them both as early as this week. I think they have maybe one more week after this to get back but I'm, I'm not 100% on that I think they were started practicing was it two games ago so I think they have one more game where they can yeah I think
0: Ajabo started practicing a week after Bowser started practicing no they were the same I remember they came oh, back the same, same day okay.
1: yeah so we're going to hopefully see both of them very shortly um, and that definitely makes me excited about what this defense could look like because they've kind of been getting by with with a very thin you know and then we saw um, Kennard today, you know, yeah. come, come in, just get signed and start playing. He had some snaps already. Um, so the, like they, if they can replace those with, with Ty Spouser and, and David Ajabo... Get a real rotation on the edge and keep them fresher then this pass rush i think has a chance to get somewhere and you know we've we've seen it kind of bounce back and forth at in some points in the season we've seen you know matt Abike and travis jones kind of be more of, of an interior threat um, and this game was more of the the rush off the edge with with houston leading the way so and we also saw you know kyle hamilton get his, his first sack. so that was that was fun i thought that was a really nice play actually where they had, you know, an overloaded blitz to one side and and they dropped a couple defensive linemen um, and completely confused Brissett and they had a clear rush on him. That was really nice to see. I think we could see more of that moving forward, at least I hope to, um, because they can't always just rely on, you know, sitting back in the zone and hoping the four-man rush gets there. Um, You just have to be a little bit more... Um, balance, I think, in what you do because you can't just do the same thing every time. You have to be able to bring a blitz at some point. And same thing, you know, we talked about in offense, you know, being balanced when you run, when you pass. I think you have to be balanced also in the kind of looks you have, um, you know, mixing up coverages on the back end, whether it's man or different zones, and then also with with the pressure packages you bring. Um, it, when, you, when you can get there with, with five guys, you know, consistently you need to do it, but not as often... Um, obviously, you want to play some four as well, but if you can get there with five guys, especially with some of these tricky like defensive back blitzes, that's something that you have in your back pocket, and you want to use it in, in those important situations. And this was a third down play in the red zone. That was a high leverage play where they called that. Um, so I, I want to see more of that, and I think that, not all the time, like maybe wink heavy, but like find a middle ground. You know, use it when it's needed. Um, keep the keep the offense off balance, and then I think you know this this defense has a chance to be really good down the stretch. That that I have more confidence in. And
0: who would have imagined that we would be saying this this year? But Patrick Queen is not the weak link <laughs> at middle linebacker right now. He had a, I thought another good game. That McDonald has seemed to, and we have you and I have talked about how he is a good inside pass rusher. Um, yes. and is effective in that role. And, and he's good at kind of reading leverage in, for interior offensive linemen and figuring out what to do. We saw a sequence where he basically ended a drive for Cleveland um, on two consecutive plays because of kind of his ability to play the ball in that sense. So um, I thought he was strong in terms of tackling. We didn't see, you know, there are going to be some misplays from time to time, but it does seems like he's starting to get it a little bit. But I'm a little worried about that other inside linebacker position now. Um, Bynes seems to have lost his, enough of a step that kind of his veteran savvy is not enough to override what they're getting from that. And it's like, I mean, maybe, you know, Bynes went out hurt. Um, so, you know, who knows what's going to happen with that? Maybe Ross, I think, is eligible to come back from the IR next week. So maybe he's a guy that's able to come in and fill in. But um, they need more. I mean, they need both a combination of more savvy and or more athleticism from that other inside spot.
1: Yeah, um, I think Bynes came back in this game. I'm not sure. Maybe not. Maybe I'm thinking about another.
0: Well, he got hurt twice in this game.
1: Oh, yeah. Like he, I think he got he hurt did...
0: early, and then the Welsh play, where Welsh, Welsh should also not just, like, like yeah. Chuck Clark into the box and bring Kyle Hamilton in. Like, it, that's just not a good idea. And then he got hurt later in the fourth quarter as well.
1: Okay. So I, I think that, you know, there is something to be said for, like, I think solid play from Bynes. he's not going to really hurt you too much but he's definitely not going to make a lot of plays outside of you know what he's capable of from an athletic standpoint patrick queen like you said he's played his best football i think as a raven over the past you know three or four weeks and that's that's great to see because um i think before the season started i said he was kind of a wild card for this this defense that he was like kind of the guy that would set like maybe the potential ceiling for how good they could be because I thought they were pretty well rounded everywhere else obviously you know we've seen some deficiencies in some areas um but overall that him playing at that level is is really good and speaks to like you know his ability to kind of stick it stick through some of the issues he's had and uh, it's good to see because he's definitely had you know a lot of people you know talking about him and saying he's he's kind of a bust and this and that. And that at times, you know, I think that's a fair criticism. He hasn't played very well at times. and But to see him come back and really, you know, be a playmaker in this defense, that that's great to see. You know, he was in on some of the pressures. I think he's been very good pretty much throughout his career when he's been asked to be a blitzer. Um, and then, you know, the ability to kind of make those tackle for losses was, like you said, he kind of single-handedly ruined that one drive for the Browns. So, um if he can continue to make those kind of plays, especially with when, as we get more players, um, more edge rushers back, uh, it will definitely make this defense, you know, harder um, to kind of, you know, game plan for. And then as long as the secondary state, continues to stay healthy over the, over the final half of the season, we'll see that, You know, that's a position that they've been snake bit. Obviously, even this year, you lost Fuller for the season. Not having um, Marcus Williams out there has been. Um, a loss for sure. I mean, Geno Stone has come in and I think played pretty well, but he's not the same player as as Marcus Williams. Um, so hopefully, you know, you can kind of get by without him for, you know, they said six to eight weeks for for Williams. I think there's a chance, you know, he'll get back sometime, maybe end of end of November, um, early December, and be there for the stretch run. So if you can get him back and if you're still um, playing at at this consistent level, you know, not great, um, kind of a bend but don't break defense at at times, but. Um, that that's really you know the kind of player that I think can come in and put you over the top, and especially at the end of the season when it really matters.
0: Yeah, and I I think the other big question for me coming out of this game about where this team is headed is also uh, the offensive line. They they did they did not have a great game in this game in terms of pass blocking. Um, run blocking was solid overall um, from a schematic standpoint, but it just seemed like they had a little bit of trouble holding up their blocks for Lamar um, to kind of do his thing. And, and, you know, I think that we've seen that when Lamar has solid, you know, a really good pass blocking in front of him, that's when he is at his absolute best. It gives him the latitude to use his legs and threaten at multiple levels of the field and then use his arm when he kind of sees what's going on in front of him um when you when you hurry that process up they're not as effective um we saw morgan moses come out of the game and get replaced by patrick McCari. i have we heard whether that was in, it didn't seem like it was injury related and we haven't heard anything about an injury to moses
1: yeah i i haven't seen an update on that um I know, obviously Moses got hurt last week, so maybe he still wasn't feeling 100, percent and maybe the coaches saw something that he wasn't, you know, moving well. Um, he had, I think, he let up a sack, and there's maybe a couple of missed blocks he had. Um, so it's that's something to monitor moving forward. Obviously, I think on a short week, especially, you know, you you hope that he's going to be available because, I mean, I, I like Patrick McCarty. he's he's a very versatile player for them, but Moses is still going to be a better option for you i think you know nine out of ten times so if he's not healthy then then no but i like him if he can play out there um so you know they had like you said they had some issues today um lamar got hit a few times you don't like to see that especially not on the few drops that they had it wasn't a lot of passing down so like it's not a great you know ratio of, of lamar getting pressured um, so, and it, it, was a good unit in the Browns. They have obviously Clowney Garrett, that's about as good as it gets on, on the edges and their interior seems like they were playing pretty well too. So, you know, hopefully against a team like the Bucks next week where they haven't had quite the same defensive front that they've had in the past and they have really relied on bringing like the Blitz, um, that, that's something that the Ravens will be able to take advantage of. So we'll wait and see. Um. I, I guess, you know, we'll, we'll probably hear more over the course of the week about Moses' health. Um, good news is you do have someone like Makari who's available, and we've seen good play out of Faleli as well, so maybe we'll see one of those guys start and, and give Moses, you know, a time to rest up, and hopefully that, that puts you in a better position in terms of keeping uh, Jackson clean, because I don't know if that's part of their, their issue with, with their or desire to pass the ball. They don't feel like the pass rush can, or the pass blocking can hold up, but... Um, I definitely think that you need to have a a good offensive line for this offense to be, you know, at its peak. And for the most part, the season's been there. But this week, they definitely think they took a step back.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, looking ahead at the schedule, again, we talked about how a win is good. We'll take it. An in division win is definitely better. We'll take that. You know, the Buccaneers seem like they're falling apart and coming apart at the seams. Tom Brady. I guess is having some uh, personal problems at home that have seemed to spill over onto the field for him finally. Um, the Saints seem like a team. you know, they have some weapons, but team lost, the Panthers, the Jags um are up and down but uh, they're probably the best of that bunch and then uh, the broncos after that who also kind of look a little lost so um not a great time for the this ravens team not to kind of have it together this is the part this is the meat of the schedule that you kind of needed to roll through pick up some wins and you know be in a good position as we kind of round out the rest of the year um i mean you think this team is is one that's going to be able to put it together or are we are we just going to (laughs) continue to slog through the rest of the season and see what we've seen
1: well, I would say that, you know, this is probably the the easiest part of the Ravens schedule over, over the middle of the season. So if they're still trying to figure some things out on offense and on defense, um, this is the time to try and do that. You know, it's a lot of games against the NFC, um, so the not having the division games, I think that'll be um, maybe a benefit to them as, as a couple of players get healthy as, you know, trying to work through some of the issues. Um so i do think you know you, you can probably beat a team like the the panthers and even the bucks without having your your a game um as as those teams and then the saints too as as they flounder a little bit this season so the ravens you know schedule luck may have been good in this situation where you actually you don't have some of the, the hardest games on your schedule um you know the jaguars didn't they didn't look great today either you mentioned um the, the broncos have been struggling all season. So you potentially, you know, this is kind of a get-right-stretch. And then you get your guys healthy, you get your mindset right, you you figure out what you're doing on offense um, in terms of, like, your overall plan, what you want to do. Hopefully that means, you know, using Lamar to the best of his abilities um, and, you know, starting to string together some wins. And if they can do that... um, and they can, you know, put together, you know, five out of six, that kind of thing, then you're looking at them, and I think in a different light. But, frankly, we need to see that consistency, because so far it's been, you know, week on, week off in terms of wins, and then I think drive on, drive off in terms of in-game. Like, you, you see one drive where the defense looks lights out, and the next drive they let the team march down the field and they look completely listless. And the same thing on offense, to be to be frank. So, like, they just need more consistency. They need to be more focused, I think. Um, but if you... If you start to get the wins piling up, then you start to get more confidence. And I think that kind of will all work positively together. So I'm hoping that that's what happens. Um, You know, you can never take any one week in the NFL for granted. Every single NFL team is good. They have good players. um, And you have to have a sound strategy and you have to execute in order to win those games. So I'm not taking anything for granted. Any one of those games could be a a loss on the Ravens schedule. But in terms of talent level, they should be winning most of them, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I just can't decide what I think about this team. It's one that, that, that there's so much talent across the board. For the most part, you know, there have been a couple secondary injuries that, you know, aren't ideal for this team. But for the most part, a lot of the guys are back now and kind of filling into their roles. We've seen Stanley come back. We're on the cusp of getting Bowser and Jabo back. You know, most of your key guys are, are back in here. Obviously, Marcus Williams would will be a big re but it just feels like one of those situations where like you just don't know how to trust this team and you don't know what, what, what's going to happen. Like you said, part of that is some of the consistency of it. Part of that, I, I don't know what else it is, but it certainly is not at the place right now where this is a team that anybody should be kind of trusting in the bigger picture. And you know, that's, that's kind of what we've seen from the betting markets and that's kind of where you would expect things to land in that regard. Um, but hopefully they're able to put it together, get a little bit more consistency going. Um, and, and clean up this like weak part of the schedule and, and, you know, especially on a short week and, and kind of Tampa coming off a really tough situation, you know, hopefully, hopefully they're able to kind of throttle it up, put them down early, get them out of the game and let Tom Brady do do his thing. When we, when we see, uh, when we go down to Tampa here for this next game.
1: Yeah. I mean, the Ravens have a lot of history with Tom Brady, obviously. Um, they've, there's been a lot of games, a lot of big games against against Brady when he was playing with the Patriots. Um, this will be the first time, you know, in a different uniform that they've played him. So it'll be interesting to see how how that goes down. Um, but you know, I still think the Buccaneers are, are a dangerous team. They still have some good players on offense. Um, they haven't been able to run the ball at all. So that'll be interesting to see how you know the Ravens try to attack that game, or just you know from a from a defensive standpoint, um, and then from you know offensive offensively. Obviously, we, we talk a lot about what we think the Ravens should be doing. Um, the Bucks are better. I think um, pass or a, a run defense team than than pass uh, defense team. So maybe this is a game where we do see you know the Ravens kind of like let let Lamar loose um, a little bit more. So I'm I'm excited for for this one. And, you know, obviously we like watching them in, in primetime games. Um, so. It's it's gonna be an important game if they can get up and and get ahead. I think they should win this one for sure. But it's you know it's it's one of those situations where all it takes is you know a little bit of light to let the other team back in and and they'll, they'll take it. And you know and Brady has has worked a lot of a lot of miracles in the past. And he, although he seems to be down out a little bit more this often this season, um, it's you never want to count him out. I think he's been there too many times. And you know he has that experience and that ability to come back even when everybody else is counting them out so hopefully you know they can keep it keep this a game that where they keep you know that two score lead for the the entirety of it and not let the other team back in it because i don't have a lot of confidence in this team honestly today i was like are they going to lose another one the same way it's it's just there's there's no feeling of, okay, this is this is in a position where they're clearly going to win the game. I, I don't have that. Even when there were seven seconds left on the clock in this game and they had one last play, the Browns said, I was like, <laughs> are they going to figure out a way to lose this one? It's just it's just kind of the way the season's gone. So I'm, I'm hoping that they make me change my mind and give me more confidence in them moving forward. But it's going to take a few games, I think, for them to get me back into that
0: feeling. When justice hill fumbled that ball i (laughs) was was losing my mind i was like not again here we go again and you know next week is a short week it's on the road it's in florida the last time the ravens went to florida on a short week on a thursday they looked like complete and utter trash they had they were not ready they weren't ready for what miami was going to try and do to them they weren't ready for the noise they weren't ready for that game um, and so hopefully, hopefully they're ready for this one. Hopefully they're over some of these injuries. They're, they're, they're back in it. And, you know, it's good to, it, it'd be good to have, reel off a couple wins quickly, get the mini buy, be able to go to New Orleans, have Carolina after that, where you've got you kind know, of this, this NFC um, South kind of easier portion of the schedule right now. Um, and hopefully be able to push through that. So um, we'll probably be talking a little bit about the Tampa Bay game. You guys can check us out on Twitter. Um, he's at Gabe Fergie I'm at Raven's sit room we're, we're, we, we try and chime in about different kind of Raven stuff from time to time and I know that you know Gabe and I will be looking at first downs and personnel groupings and some of our frustrations around that so um, feel, feel free to hit us up there and talk a little bit about where some of those things are and uh,
1: we'll look forward to seeing you guys next time in the situation room.